3: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation Impact Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find. Lockdown Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today on the show, Jessica Kleinschmidt from NBC Sports Bay Area. Longtime listeners of the show are familiar with Jess. She's been on the show a bunch of times over the years. And she's going to talk about what the NFL can learn from baseball, what happened there with those negotiations. And in fact, as we speak, There are ongoing negotiations with the NFL. The latest reports as we record this is that the league has budged on preseason games. They've budged on daily testing. And so that's a lot of give from the league. We can talk about all of that when there is a finalized deal in place. And hopefully that does not happen between when I hit record and when this publishes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really hoping that that's not the case, although that's just how this works. Even with a daily podcast, uh, you're always a little bit behind what's going on. Before we get to that discussion with Jess, and like I said, we're gonna wait on the discussion about the the uh, COVID accommodations that the league has made for the players. I want to dovetail a conversation we had yesterday. And it's something that was brought to... I was having this discussion with friend of the show, America's guest, Jason Hershorn, and we were talking about this middle-of-the-field issue with Aaron Rodgers. As we discussed on yesterday's show, there is this aversion to the middle of the field that has been somewhat dealt with um, by Matt LaFleur and his propensity to want to attack the middle of the field. If we take last season with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur as a step in the right direction in terms of attacking the middle of the field. And it was. It was one of the most aggressive seasons for Aaron Rodgers attacking the middle of the field that he's had in a number of years. If they can improve that, this offense can also improve. Here's the thing. When you think of that notion of, okay, we want to improve The way we attack the middle of the field, and it's not just with Aaron Rodgers, we want to have better personnel to do it. If you take that premise and then use that as a lens through which to view this offseason, things make a lot more sense. And let's start with free agency. Devin Funchess is a middle of the field killer, that big body on digs on slants, on posts, that is what Devin Funches does. His raison d'etre, the reason he is in the league is because he is the kind of player who can attack the middle of the field. That's what he does well. So Aaron Rodgers, here's another target for you to attack the middle of the field. Great, okay, that's the only move they made there, but they go into the draft all right, Jordan Love, first-round pick. You go, well, how does this help them attack the middle of the field? Well, Jordan Love, if you go back to his days at Utah State, he preferred to attack the middle of the field versus the sidelines, in particular, the deep middle. And while it's the case that those can be the turnover-friendly zones, it's also the case that efficiency is ramped up significantly. A Twitter follower sent me, the NFL.com data and showed that in the middle of the field, in less than 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, the difference in completion percentage is 10-plus points at every part of the field in the middle than on the sidelines. 10-plus points better in the middle of the field. So while the interception percentages are also a little bit higher the completion percentage is also significantly higher and that outweighs the risk. Now Aaron Rodgers of course needs to be convinced of that and you know to the to the extent that he does. I mean I'm not saying that that he doesn't realize that or or whatever the case may be. I'm just saying it is true at least statistically speaking that while the risk of interceptions is a little bit higher it is not outweighed by the fact that completion percentages tend to be significantly higher. Okay, okay. Jordan Love, that's the future. What about 2020? Well, A.J. Dillon, how does he attack the middle of the field? A number of ways. Number one, he was elite in college. In fact, the best in college football at attacking loaded boxes. Okay, okay. You, you want to load the box against the Packers. Here comes the hammer. Here comes A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. The Packers were one of the best teams in football last year at attacking light boxes. They were the best team in football running the ball out of the shotgun formation. So, all right, you bring in another guy who can do that. You have that in the mind now of defenses. And now what does that do? The linebackers, maybe they're a little bit slower to get into their drops. The safeties, maybe they're a little bit slower to get to the deep hash. Maybe the defensive linemen are a little bit slower out of their stance to get to the pass rush, particularly when you go play action. You are allowing yourself to play more out of big personnel with someone like A.J. Dillon. Play with two running backs. Play with a running back and two tight ends. When you have a hammer back, you can play big. Well, what do big personnel allow you to do? Attack the middle of the field. So how do you maximize that strategy? Well, you maximize the big people who can attack the middle of the field. And that includes a versatile H-back, tight end, fullback, whatever you want to call him. Josiah DeGuara is the kind of player that you can play big and can go and attack the middle of the field. So maybe he's a fullback. I think he's more than that, but let's just say he's a fullback. Okay, well, all of the plays that they ran for Danny Vitale, the leak plays, Josiah DeGuara can do. Plus, you can split him out. You can play him in the slot. You can play him in line, and he can be a traditional tight end for you. Jay Sternberger was on this program talking about Matt LaFleur wanting him to play more in the slot. What is that designed to do? Attack the middle of the field. When you look at all of the moves taken in their totality, they speak to an ideology and it's not the ideology that has been widely espoused. It's not the this team is going to be a run first program. It's not that. It is that this team wants to be more effective attacking the middle of the field because that is where you have your biggest advantages. That is where you can create opportunities, the easy throws, the gimme throws, the matchup throws, the confusion throws with the defense out of sorts. And you can you can still let Aaron Rodgers do the things that he does on the sidelines. Devontae Adams is still one of the best go-route runners in football. And that may seem weird because he's not traditionally fast, but his technique, his craft as a route runner allows him to be in position with his release, And then, you know, he's got stutter-go moves. He's got a variety of moves. Sideline Hustle, who I'm working to get on the show, by the way, Drew Lieberman, who is uh, a former uh, Rutgers receiver coach and now works as a high school receiver coach and is now receiver coach to the stars, including Devontae Adams, posted this great video of Devontae Adams cooking Marcus Peters. And it's overlaid with the audio of Devontae Adams saying, The release is more than just what happens at the line of scrimmage. And it's even more than just what happens in the first five yards. You get him there in the first five yards. Off the line, you get a clean release. Now you can really go to work. And the video shows him with a little stutter go down the sidelines where he absolutely roasts Marcus Peters, who is one of the best cornerbacks in football, roasts him. And in that game, Devontae Adams just sunned Marcus Peters. I made the joke on Twitter that that because of that game, Marcus Peters now has to send a Father's Day card to Devontae Adams every year. It's a bad joke. It's a dad joke. I'm a dad. Let's get over it. And that is something that the Packers can still do. Rodgers can still throw to the sidelines. It's not like you're going to stop doing it. But find ways to attack the part of the field that other teams are attacking more favorably. And this goes back to something Matt LaFleur has talked about since day one. He has coaches put together cut-ups of the explosives in the NFL. Every week, he watches all of them and decides, okay, these can work for us. These fit in our system. These can be something that we can put in. And they have an analytics department. And I know that they look at the data. I know they care about the data. And the data says the middle of the field is better. And when you think about that and take that in the context of what happened this offseason, it seems pretty clear to me that the intention in 2020, the improvement, the way that they can make that year to leap is precisely the way that we talked about yesterday to attack the middle of the field with more efficiency and more ferocity.
1: This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at WISE.comslash podcast.
3: All right, let's get to our conversation with Jessica Kleinschmidt. She is on Twitter at KleinschmidtJD. You can find most of her work at NBC Sports, her podcast Corked Up. She also has another podcast project that she's going to tell you about. I don't want to spoil it. I want to let her break that news for you. You can follow her also on Instagram, Jessica Kleinschmidt. I'm just pulling right from her Twitter bio. Jess, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. We're not even going to talk football today, really. We're going to talk baseball. Can you believe it?
2: I can't believe it. I went from saying, like, where is baseball? Now that it's here, I'm kind of overwhelmed. But it's a good, overwhelming feeling, so that's good.
3: Well, there are a lot of people, including you, very happy to see baseball back Baseball is actually on our TV screen, which is a little crazy to think where we were a couple weeks ago. And I wanna go back to when this all started. We got to opening day and opening day didn't happen. And part of that was because we had this whole back and forth between the owners and the players about number of games and, and a lot of different things. As that was all happening, what was your reaction to this back and forth?
2: You know, somebody who works in the game now, it was, I was kind of all over the place because me as a fan, I was annoyed with the owners but me as a reporter, I was annoyed with the owners as well. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of like from that perspective, but unfortunately I wished I could have been more behind the scenes and understanding where, um, where the owners were coming from because I don't I didn't think there was a lot of justification behind why there was so much back and forth but to have somebody like um Jeff Passan be so outspoken about it when he works for ESPN so he's not really allowed to talk about this stuff where he just wants the guys to play too like that that's when you know how bad it got and Peter every single day it felt like I was less and less optimistic about a season starting and You know, I'm like a 60-game season. Like, now that it's sunk in, I'm used to it. But at the beginning, I'm like, why the hell even have a season if it's that short of an amount? But it also goes to show how strong they had players that they had or former players they had in the Players Association and how great um, that was taken care of and everything like that. And so I appreciate from that. But it was, like I said, I was not enthusiastic about a season happening. So the fact that that one is happening goes to show how – in denial i was that something could be made out of it but you know we're here and it's happening and unfortunately it's not going to be over because we have the collective bargaining agreement coming up and then we know this is going to leave a very sour taste in the players' mouths and you know we're seeing it in the NFL right now and how NFL's not adhering to making sure the guys are safe and that's a big part of it right and you know, Luckily, the NBA is making strong strides with all the positive, the negative tests that are happening. And then MLB is doing really, really well with that as well. So I'm hoping NFL sees that, uh, the, the, the powers that be see that, and it can create kind of a really good domino effect. But it's still a very unknown thing that's happening right now.
3: Yeah, it, it seemed like the NFL would have plenty of time, that they would get this all together. They'd watch and learn from Major League Baseball and say, OK, we're not going to do that. And yet here we are at the 11th hour and there are still negotiations ongoing. You and I talked about this um, a couple months ago when this was all getting hashed out with baseball. And we talked about the fan reaction. And you and I were both a little surprised that the the players bore so much of the brunt of the the fan vitriol. And I understand, hey, we want to play the game and, and you cheer for the team. You know, the, the team on the front, not the or the name on the front, not the name on the back. But we were both shocked at how much heat the players were getting when it didn't seem like they were asking for anything that unreasonable.
2: They certainly aren't. They, um, you know, and I get where some people were coming from. And these, of course, are the guys that peaked in JV baseball that are like, <laughs> well, you know, I, I could have done this. And if you're not going to get paid to play a sport if you're not playing a sport, then and that's your job. You shouldn't get paid. And I, I get where they're coming from, from that perspective, but a lot of them, it, it, it was a deeper rooted issue as opposed to just, Oh, you're not playing. Don't get paid. It was, Oh, you should just go out there and suck it up and deal with the fact that there's a damn pandemic going on, like go out there and do it. And it's like, it's not about that. You know, Sean Doolittle has to be separated from his wife, Erin uh, because she's at high risk. Um, Evan Longoria separating himself from um, her, uh, his wife and, You know it's it's not just and they're doing that so they can provide for their families buster posey one of the biggest names in baseball opted out of the season because he adopted two newborn babies uh twins and um just we have to remember that ryan zimmerman you know these big names are not playing freddie freeman who is a very in shape young athlete really got hit hard by the coronavirus. And Nick Marcakis, a Braves outfielder, opted out because he saw how bad he was hit. Freddie Freeman's back, of course, and he feels great. But that wasn't the case. Like, it hits everybody differently. So if an athlete can go down from that, how is that going to, you know, impact the rest of it? But, yeah, like, they're not looking at these guys as humans. And, you know, like, Peter, when you and I first started out in the industry, I was a fantasy football analyst. So I didn't Mm -hmm. really look at the guys as humans. They were numbers to me like I had no idea how amazing Joey Votto was all I know all I knew was his slash lines and how he got on base mm-hmm. and now that I know them as humans it's like oh okay and of course like I've become friends with their spouses and I've become friends with their families and it's like okay they have to think about it from that perspective and people don't care unfortunately I hate saying that but they don't and they look at it as a, a game and it is a game sure but at the end of the day like what if somebody walked up to me and was like hey Jess I know you're nervous to go out in the pandemic, but you need to like suck it up, you know? And, and that's the thing too, I have to go to the baseball games and I had to really have a conversation with myself and say, do I want to be exposed? And I'm not saying like, it's hard where the cleanest places to be, you know, all these guys are testing negative, but do I feel comfortable? You know, so you take that times thousands and that's where you come down to. And every day it was changing you know three months ago they were going to be playing in arizona and florida and it was just going to be all these different things so it's constantly changing so that alone is difficult to deal with and now that they're on the field they had what three weeks to be in tip-top shape some of the trainers said that that wasn't a lot uh, that wasn't that bad of a time and and, you know a a lot of these guys are going to be staying in shape every single minute because they don't know when they were going back so it's a lot to digest but um unfortunately those players were the targets and that's really unfortunate
3: for those of you familiar with Jess's work, the, the Joey Votto reference is just like absolute peak on brand for Jess. So I appreciate you I sneaking that in. I have
2: one of him
3: always. I, at some point, I'm just going to assume he's paying you under the table for all these mentions. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on <laughs> is this Buster Posey thing because Demarcus Lawrence is a prominent NFL player, plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and he has said that he's considering not joining his team because his wife is pregnant. And we know that there is, at least based on the evidence we have right now, an elevated risk of hospitalization for pregnant women. You mentioned a number of players Mm -hmm. who have isolated themselves from their wives. Demarcus Lawrence mulling, just saying, I'm I'm not going to do that what has been the reaction in the Bay Area from Buster Posey doing that because he is obviously a revered player there but it does seem like and we saw some national commentators talk about how this was a cowardly move that was the word that was being used what has the reaction been locally
2: yeah those people suck first and foremost <laughs> um, but so Bay Area Bay Area like first like no player that i've spoken to and i just i'm going to name drop this because i was very proud of myself i spoke to alex rodriguez recently former player and he had every support of buster Posey as well he's like we need to support when these guys want to opt out and you know a-rod wants to make money so when somebody like that is saying that you have to pay attention to that all players have buster Posey's back he's not only a great ball player had a few slumps in the last couple seasons i'm just going to put that out there because i know somebody's going to come at me with that but He's also a leader and the most pro guy ever. I'm so lucky that I've been able to work with him in my career. He was just fantastic. And the fact that he's being selfless is amazing. So everybody in the Bay Area has been pretty, I mean, I'm going to talk to the fans, they've been pretty amazing about it. The media has been very amazing about it, too. They all have his back. But my thing is, is I hate when somebody comes at me and they say, he can do whatever he wants, but. No, there is no but. The man can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And the fact that he wants to adopt these babies, give, and this is tailing off of the fact that him and his wife did bring a baby home and the the two the, the, adopt, and the mother changed her mind at the last minute, said, "Nope, I don't want to. I want to keep this baby." That's that's heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. And then you're, they're going to adopt two other babies who are high risk. They're in, you know, they were in intensive care. Um, and to say that he was being anything beyond amazing that is totally not a buster posey problem that's a you problem the players have been amazing the media has been amazing the other people who haven't been amazing i could care i couldn't care less so i don't want to i don't ever want to speak to you and i hope i never come across you because you're not a good person
3: one of my favorite accounts to dunk on mouth breathers, Jess Smith. So if you're not following her, yeah. check that out. Um, I want to switch gears uh, on you a little bit because, and I'm springing this on you, so I, I apologize to an extent. Um, there was a pretty ugly story that came out of Washington um, with that organization mm-hmm. and some of the treatment of uh, the women covering that team and, and around that team. Uh, And and I know that it is not exclusive to football. I know it's not exclusive to D.C. Uh, When you saw that story, what was your reaction to it?
2: Well, first and foremost, I hope we all believe women. It's, you know, and and you're firsthandly, like, preface, Peter and I have been friends for a long time. And he knows he's known me since the beginning of my career. Um, I've been through it all. I've been sexually harassed. I've been harassed on social media. I've been harassed in person. I've been bullied. All of these things. And this goes to show that when I was sexually harassed, harassment for a minor league organization, I complained about it. The man still has a job. Yeah. Okay. So if I had somebody backing me up who physically saw these things that were happening, you'd be surprised at how much they would take it more seriously. And this was before I had any sort of guts to be outspoken and talk because I was scared to say something. And I, and that incident made me still scared to this day. And they talked about these women that worked for the organization, a variety and even reporters were mentioned, too. They mentioned being sexually harassed and harassed. And they, were, they mentioned how it was such a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. And we've all been interns. We've all started off really tough at, at, as far as starting our careers. But I've never once I've had, you know, crappy hours, but I've never worked in a place that was a toxic environment. So I can't compare in that. But could you imagine, you know, and it's just it's so different for women. You know, we have to act a certain way. We can't be too flirty. We can't be too sexy. We can't be too nice. We can't be too mean. We can't be too anything. And that's so difficult on top of just trying to do our job. So I'm trying to, you know, not only write scripts, you know, do the blogs, do the reports, do the interviews, do the the TV stuff, do the podcast. And then all of a sudden I can't, I can't be as You know, the way I dress, I want to look cute, but I don't, I have to dumb that down. So I make guys comfortable. Like, this is the stuff that women have to think about. And so we have to take those extra steps just to be able to be taken seriously. So props to these women for saying something, because it is so hard to do. And if you do see something out there happening to myself or any of the women or self-identified women, um, you need to say something. Because if not, you deserve to be in that same category of, of people who do not respect Buster Posey for his decision. Because, quite frankly, you're not a, a good person. And it's so hard for me to just say something, which is great. And people look at me like, oh, she can handle herself. But to have somebody just, if I know somebody's in my corner, that you have no idea how important that is. So believe women first. If you see it, say something. And let us know if we need your help. Despite how badass we are and tough we are we sometimes need your help and that's what i'm going to say about that
3: i appreciate you being candid about that um the uh there's a lot of stuff going on in in your professional life and one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on as well is because you have a new podcast you actually have a couple podcasts i I was just just going to say yeah so can you tell my listeners about those if they're potentially interested in the baseballs
2: yeah so i've got two podcasts um one, we just launched, we recorded it back at spring training, Rachel Luba and I, and she is uh, Trevor Bauer's agent. She's also an MLB agent and uh, taking out softball clients. And I think she's going to eventually move into entertaining clients, too. Um, and so that's kind of cool. Uh, and it's just two girls drinking wine. It's called Corked Up, and it's through the Momentum web, uh, Momentums Media Company that's founded by Trevor Bauer and Taiki screen and uh it's just us two chatting about working in sports and baseball and you know she does the agent side of the media side we have awesome guests who have players former players members of the media uh social media influencers and everything like that it's so much fun and um obviously you guys know I'm very candid I'm very outspoken and so is she on these issues our recent episode we did talk about the Redskins situation uh Washington football team is what we should call them and, um, and then also my second podcast, which launches, uh, this week, it's through NBC sports. Um, uh, it's called Bok talk. I haven't officially announced that name yet. So you're my first Bok talk. Is the name. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, uh, just me talking to members of ba- in the baseball world. And that is players, coaches, managers, um, same thing, social media influencers, uh, big names, former players. Um, we kick off with Tony Gwynn Jr and pitching ninja. If you're really, On Twitter and baseball, you know who Pitching Ninja is, Mm -hmm. and it's fun, and I get to connect with the baseball people, and I really just want people to act like you and I are sitting there drinking a beer, watching the game, and talking about it, and that's one of my dreams come true, and I, you know, Peter knows that. I've been doing this for a long time, and I finally get my own baby, and it's good, and it's been mine since January, and I'm finally showing it with the world, so I hope y'all pay attention to that.
3: Tony Gwynn Jr. has a Wisconsin connection even, so that's uh, that's great for our listeners pote- potentially. Um, and I had my own baby too, so we both have babies. That's the good news.
2: We both have babies. You have an adorable, precious baby. I was just thinking about that, like how long we've been friends. Like you've had a wedding. You've had a little baby. <laughs> I've been hanging out. <laughs> like, I You've been our, building. Our you've our been personal, building. I've been, I've been building. We both, yeah, so we both had our little babies, so we're good.
3: There you go. Jess, I appreciate uh, you coming on. Let my listeners know, um, aside from the blogs, where else they can find, or ex- excuse me, aside from the podcasts, where they can find your work, uh, find you on Twitter, et cetera.
2: You can find me on Twitter, just as Peter Bukowski did once upon a long time ago, um, at KleinschmidtJD, uh, the Facebook page as well, Jessica Kleinschmidt, my business page, and then you can follow me on Twitter, or I'm sorry, on Instagram, at Jessica Kleinschmidt. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just five dollars. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com/one. That's p h i l i p s dot com
1: slash one. This episode is brought to you by Shell.
3: All right, I want to thank Jess for joining the show. Always great to have her on. Uh, The insight, um, the honesty. um, I know that that was not all sports, but I think it's uh, an important conversation to have, especially given the news. And uh, I appreciate her coming on and sharing her perspective on it. All right, uh, the rest of the week, we have interviews. Uh, We are going to have a conversation with one of the trainers over at Synergy Sports, which is where a lot of the Packers train in Green Bay to talk about what they're working on what they're hoping to accomplish, and maybe get a little bit of insight to what guys like A.J. Dillon and Jordan Love are trying to do as we get prepared for the rookies to get to Green Bay, if they're not already, to get on the field and to get some work in, if that is something that they can do. If there is news with this agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA, hopefully this is not already out of date, but we will discuss all of that when that happens, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Thursday. We'll get to all of it. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, reacting in real time, so that's the easiest way to make sure you're staying up to date there, at Peter underscore Bukowski or at Lockdown Packers. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. If you like it, leave a review. Uh, I know that there are some people who have not as much enjoyed uh, some of the other kinds of conversations that we've had this offseason. Uh, if you are the kind of person who has and you are still here, first of all, I appreciate you, but second of all, go leave a review because... It would be nice to uh, to have some people with a little bit of support. The last the last couple comments are uh, are, are not of the positive variety. And, and look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I understand that the show is not going to be for everyone. But uh, if you do support the podcast, and I know a lot of you do, that's the point. Uh, we are the number one Packers podcast on the internet for a reason. Go leave a review, and uh, I, I I just me personally, would really appreciate it. And uh, you know, so would my mom. You know. Just uh, let's, uh, let's be good to each other. <laughs> and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers.